1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866 4326 The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. It is the eve of opening day.
2: Can't wait. Red Wings Home Opener Friday, by the way, at uh, Innovative Field. Ben Wagner is the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Love talking baseball with Ben. You can hear his call on the Fan 590 in Toronto. Ben, thanks for making some time for us and How excited are you heading into this season knowing that a lot of people, including one Gene Bataglia across me over here, thinks that the Toronto Blue Jays will be World Series champions come October? Ooh, I I love
3: that. Oh, wait, no, I have them against the Braves. Oh, you had the Braves winning, I'm sorry. But at least, uh, Ben, that would be a big step. I mean, what will it kind of take here? Because, Ben, thank you. We really appreciate you doing this today. And Uh, it is a season of optimism. Remember we talked last year about this Blue Jay team being on the cusp, but I'd have to imagine that a lot of people are optimistic and excited north of the border?
4: Uh, The enthusiasm, the expectations, the excitement about Blue Jays baseball is off the charts. It's it's as big, and I would say, I would say because I was closely connected to it with all those years in Buffalo, I would say this year's expectations are greater than 2016. Hmm. Remember 2015, the excitement. Josh Donaldson wins the MVP. The pitching was coming back. 2016 for the Blue Jays was a very, very huge and anticipated year. The moves that the Blue Jays went in to the offseason this year, revamped the offense, added some pitching, tweaked some bullpen usage and guys that they're going to have in the bullpen to make it a little bit more of a complete bullpen and overall round off some very scratchy edges in a pitching staff, let alone the run prevention that they've created uh, this is the window, first and foremost. This is an opportunity for the Blue Jays with an unbalanced schedule, or now I call it balanced schedule, I guess, balanced schedule to to take advantage of a depleted Yankee rotation right now, uh, a Boston team that doesn't have an identity. I think the Rays are going to be really good, but the Blue Jays know that, and the Blue Jays have known that for years. This is, this is the season for the Toronto Blue Jays, especially with the way the last couple have gone.
3: Uh, Ben, I got some questions about the Jays, but before we get to that, I think all baseball fans are just kind of excited for how this product is going to look here. What are your thoughts on all the new rules and which one do you think will have uh, the biggest impact on the game, whether that's uh, the banning of the shift or whether that's the pitch clock or whether it's the the bases or the lack of the pickoff attempts? I mean, the new product, Ben, your thoughts on what we're going to see here beginning tomorrow
4: so much emphasis will be on the pitch clock but i think after the first couple of weeks and remember these guys have had now trial runs and test drives of the pitch clock from a batter and pitcher perspective for about 5 weeks and while it is a huge adjustment, a huge adjustment, there will be some normalcy that will come out of this. There will be a rhythm from the pitcher's standpoint, comfortability, working with whoever's behind the plate, and whether or not it's the pitch com device on the, the the waistband or the thumb of the glove or the pitch com device, the receptor being uh, coming from the catcher. Take that away. I think that there will be a rhythm established from a pitcher and batter perspective within the first two to three weeks now of the regular season. I think the most significant difference in Major League Baseball, which will be the most exciting difference for fans of baseball period, will be the elimination of the shift. Two defenders on the left, two defenders on the right of the diamond, no more four-man outfields, no more triangle defenses, no more flip-flopping in between pitches from a shortstop second baseman, third baseman mixed in, all that, all that hogwash is out the window. We are going to see athleticism, we are going to see a lot more ground covered. I think major league baseball will be an exciting brand of baseball and more intriguing for somebody that watches their team from seven to hopefully nine thirty. <laughs> no more 10 o'clock in three hour and 15 minute games. Right. But now more intrigue to watch that game before you go to bed. That's out on the left coast. And you're going to see more action. I want to see Shohei Otani get balls put in play. I want to see, Uh, these guys that um, you you don't get an opportunity to see every day. I want to watch and be entertained, and I think you are going to see action. Uh, Major League Baseball did the study. The numbers are out there, but it was over four minutes without a ball being put in play. That is just terrible. It's alarming that Major League Baseball let it get to that point, and now certainly they're trying to push the needle back where there's much less time in between balls getting put in play and that means people in action things are happening.
3: It's not only a, a new game and I know a lot of our listeners Ben uh, will make the trip up uh for a weekend series or maybe just a game uh, up in Toronto. Tell us about the the, the renovations there at Rogers Centre and what we can kind of expect.
4: Oh, it's this is phase 1 of 2 uh and and you're going to notice a difference when you walk into Rogers Centre. And if you watch Blue Jays baseball, it's going to look different. But once you get into the ballpark, if you're coming up to QEW, settling in, and and, there's nothing like a summertime weekend with that roof rolled open, man, it's awesome to begin with. But now the ballpark is going to feel different. A lot of the new animities, a lot of the sight lines that fans have been accustomed to seeing in the the new ballparks now Rogers Center will feature and it goes from a rooftop patio experience on the 500 level that has been opened up and and now an inviting space with plenty of freedom to roam uh, from drink rails to social areas uh, to you know I mean the kids can run wild in here for three hours as well with some of the games and the features that they've got for the kids to be entertained if they do lose kind of focus and watching the game and moms, dads, wives, girlfriends, whatever, you know, can, can just kind of like turn them loose for a little bit of time. Uh, plus then the intimacy, the, the closeness that was removed from Rogers Center and the old cookie cutter standpoint. Now you're closer to the bullpens. Now you're having, you know, guys in the bullpen chuck baseballs into the seats and you're watching, hovering over that, that rail with Alec Manoa loosening up or whoever, you know, is getting ready in the bullpen late in the ball game. And if you despise a certain team and you're passionate about the Blue Jays, all of a sudden you're over the right field wall, uh, you know, you can select your words at that reliever getting ready to come in in a bases loaded situation. That is all stuff that has been well thought out, developed, and now executed with phase one of the renovations. It'll be a great experience, especially for fans out there in right, left, and center.
2: Now, yeah. what's phase two
4: going to be, Ben? Phase two, uh, actually, part of phase two is already underway in the guts of Rogers Center not as sexy to talk about from a fan perspective because a lot of that stuff happening, one is industrial, you know, gas lines, electric lines, and that kind of stuff. But it's going to to make turnaround at concession stands a lot faster and easier for fans. It's also going to be part of the development, um, the weight room, the clubhouse area, some of that back of the house stuff that the teams will get to utilize. But from a fan perspective, the 100 level The field level of Rogers Center will have more space for fans to enjoy from a field level perspective. And I'll give you one example. One, if you want a hot dog and you're you're behind the plate, you paid all this money, you've got this great seat, but you're hungry. To get up, you have to go all the way to the top of the 100 level and then sit in the line. Now they're adding some resources and some concession stands underneath the 100 level, so your trip up to go to the bathroom to grab something to eat, food and beverage, is going to be a much shorter and much more enjoyable experience. Plus, then all the seats are going to be replaced. They're going to make the seats angle in towards the field of play. There are a lot of seats at Rogers Center that are outstanding on the 100 level, but if you sit up the third base and the first base line, you're looking at center field with the way if you're sitting square in the seat. You're not towards the main action, and that action, of course, starts where where the middle of the diamond, right? You want to watch the pitcher and the batter. Um, It's an awkward kind of pose to sit over the duration of the game. So that's, that's phase two. And that, that 100 level will be a significant impact when they shift the seats around, it will feel like a ballpark and it will certainly look like a ballpark.
3: Blue Jays voice, uh, one of the voices, Ben Wagner, certainly has roots in Western New York, our guest here in the sports bar. Um, Right at the beginning, you mentioned the starting rotation. And and look, Manoa at the top, Gosman, great signing. If the back end, I'm just curious because I didn't like, I'm a Matt fan, I didn't like Chris Bassett leaving. I think that's a great signing what he adds. Barrios didn't have a great spring, and sometimes you can kind of overlook or read too much into that, or is that a cause for concern? And what about the, the back end, Kikuchi, because that's somebody that uh, I think the Blue Jays have some high hopes on here. Ben, your, your thoughts on Stirs 3, 4, 5, and anybody that uh, might be kind of in the mix here as well.
4: Well, three, four, we'll start with three, right? Chris Bassett, big side, uh, money, dollars, years. This is an important piece for a window that has been identified for years now by President, CEO, Mark Shapiro, General Manager, Ross Atkins. So Chris Bassett jumping into this fray is certainly part of the design. They think his weapons over this year and the next couple will be a big, Part of why the Blue Jays are successful. Um, and this is free reign for Chris Bassett. He has the ability to use all eight pitches. It's not going to be what are the two or three that work well that day. They're comfortable with having Chris mix in these pitches with his battery mate and see if they can weaponize and then use all of them and get as deep into a ball game. And that, that's really another thing, too. Make every start, go out there every fifth day, pitch deep into a ball game. And he's had that durability from Oakland and then to the New York Mets and now hopefully with the Blue Jays to go in the line with guys that will want. And we expect from a Blue Jay perspective to be John Schneider's guys. When you think on paper, if you start Alec Manoa in game one of this series or game one of the season, like he'll go, you want seven innings as the potential. You want eight innings as potential with Alec Manoa, Kevin Gosman, and Chris Bassett. Jose Barrios is interesting. And, uh, was last season an outlier? The answer is this season for that. His fastball command, his execution of fastballs, certainly was not at the standard of Jose Barrios, who still made 32 starts, which is you know incredible. You think that you have these wild numbers, these really chaotic starts that he's got. He still took the ball every time out. And for me, spring training is what spring training is. The World Baseball Classic was defended by the pitching coach saying that he didn't understand the game plan for Jose or what team Puerto Rico had that day. He said if he was game planning against the major leaguers that were in the lineup that day, would have been a completely different approach. So that was really shot down from a performance standpoint. The spring training outings as well were very heavy fastball oriented for Jose Barrios. But again, this is the primary reason that he had struggles last year was on fastball execution. So he's worked a lot this year on extension, a little bit of a shift on the mound, working more glove side to get those sinkers running back off the front hip of a left-handed batter. Um, I, I get a sense of optimism talking with people within the organization, but that optimism always comes with an asterisk because what was optimistic came from spring training results. We will find out in Kansas City, and this is a great kind of lean into the season. Did you put it all together, and are you in a spot where you need to be against the Kansas City Royals who will not be very good? Uh, I don't think outside of a couple of superstars in Los Angeles, the Angels are not going to be very good, but uh, those are going to be the first two tests for Jose Barrios before he takes the start at Rogers Center, and they are very, very important. To me, no other pitcher had more of an importance, more of focus for me to watch interact with and find out what was going on and what was going to be different this year than Jose Barrios. And that goes from the number one prospect that everybody is salivating on in camp, which might be in Buffalo, and then hop through Rochester for a number of starts in the summer and Ricky Tiedemann, all the way to Alec Minow and Kevin Gosman, two guys that might contend for a Cy Young Award. That's the level of importance that I have with Jose Barrios. You say Kikuchi is still going to be a project. I I just dug it up. Um, You say Kikuchi to round out that rotation through 346 pitches that got counted. The Orioles got a little lazy and they didn't log the pitches <laughs> in the start that he had uh, in the start that he had in spring. Uh, so uh, 346 pitches that were accounted for. I was told very early in spring that you see Kikuchi, his primary focus will not be on fastballs. It'll be about spinning the baseball. And lo and behold of uh, the 346 pitches that were accounted for, and logged, 212 were breaking balls, mm. slider, changeup, curves. That means 134 fastballs were thrown. So that tells me right there, one, that Yusei Kikuchi is not, not going to be a guy that you expect to overpower people, even though he possesses a 96- a to 97-mile-an-hour fastball with outstanding life. Uh, where I expect to see Yusei Kikuchi to spin the baseball, unfortunately it's going to be a hybrid bulk roll, where he's going to be only asked for somebody that's making $12 million this year, only asked to face the lineup two times. It's not going to be a depth piece. So that's why a long man is going to be really important. And also pitching depth for the Blue Jays is going to be paramount with the way that this season goes. And you hopefully can get some sort of consistency out of Brios because that will certainly limit the tax load on what happens in the Blue Jay bullpen, knowing that they're already going to have to back up one guy every five days with Kikuchi.
2: Ben, this is an unbelievable breakdown of the Blue Jays pitching staff, and I want to talk about dingers. I want to talk about <laughs> yeah, the okay. offense, man, because I, I I look at Vlad Guerrero right now, plus 1,100 on Fanduel to lead the league in home runs. Is the ceiling for, Glad, for, for Vlad Guerrero Jr. to be uh, the league's MVP? I mean, just how explosive? We know it's going to be good, but how explosive can this Jays offense be
4: really explosive, really balanced, really exciting too. the offense. And I know you want to talk about the long ball, right? But this offense is going to be exciting because of the way that they will make contact and they will be on base. And then they have a balanced lineup with a lot more speed at it. A lot more speed. Dalton Varsho can run the bases. Kevin Kiermaier can run the bases. Nathan Lucas, who is going to make his major league debut on Thursday Has incredible game awareness and the ability to be, and you can be fast, but you can also be a bad runner on the bases. You can be fast and you can be a good runner on the bases. Good news is the Blue Jays and their, their speed guys are good base runners. And that is a positive, and that was certainly the reason that the Blue Jays identified these people, went out, and they got them as part of the roster. And I think you're going to see the Blue Jays be way, way, way more aggressive on the bases. From a stolen base standpoint, I expect it to go up with certain individuals, but I expect the aggressiveness to be from first to third, second to home. The Blue Jays want to score runs. And the way that they design their lineup is in little pots, in little pockets, depending on the game starter, who might be available in the bullpen. And they look at it in three categories who can get on base, whose bat has contact ability, and then who can do damage. So you know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a guy that can do damage. I mean, roll out of bed, potential for 40 home runs, 120 RBIs off the bat of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. What's the follow-up perhaps behind him? Might not be as big of a damage, but maybe more contact ability, like a guy like Alejandro Kirk who's spraying line drives all over the place. And that's where Matt Chapman's point of emphasis this year is. As a guy that can hit 27 home runs, he did it last year. But he knows that he can do more than just knock the ball out of the ballpark. He told me early in camp, he goes, listen, I was an MVP finalist. I was getting MVP votes in 2018, 2019, because I was a better, well-rounded player. I was getting on base more. I want to run the bases more. I want to score more runs. I want to drive in more runs. That will help me put our team in a better position to win more ballgames. And that's where the excitement about the Blue Jays from an offensive standpoint is beyond, is Bo going to hit 30 and steal 30 bases? That's exciting. But when you look at this lineup from top to bottom, especially one through seven, look out. I mean, it is going to be one of the most potent offenses in franchise history. And I think it's going to make a run with the elite offensive lineups that Major League Baseball has in it.
3: Yeah, last one for me, and that's uh, you brought in the the Jays did Brandon Belt. Now, is that a move, uh, Ben, that is designed to give Vlad Guerrero a little time off, let you be the DH, and we could put in a, a first baseman that can handle things?
4: Not not early. I don't think it's going to be that way, honestly. I think if there is a needed first base, Brandon could also do that. We've seen him do it for, for over a decade by the Bay and San Fran. Uh, And the Blue Jays are incredibly versatile, right? Like Kevin Vigio can play at first base. Uh, Whit Merrifield is all, you know, he could slide over and play multiple positions too. Uh, With Vladdy specifically and the connection to Belt, the jury is still out. Belt came in limited action early on in camp. He said the focus with what he's going to be asked to do is DH primarily in the first month of the season. And then maybe spell some first base action, but also more importantly for me, the blue Jays have gone years without having a left-handed power threat on the bench. That's what the blue Jays want from Brandon belt. And he fell shy of his goals in at bats in spring training. So we, and he only played defense one time in spring training. That's another reason why I don't think they're going to lean on him early on until they find out what that bat has the potential to do. Uh, it, you know, it's an interesting sign. It's a pedigree of two World Series, an incredible leader, uh, already 12 years of Major League experience, and opening days. I think in 11 out of the 12, with the San Francisco Giants. So I mean, there's a huge, huge impact that Brandon Bell will have around this clubhouse. I just I need to see the proof that he can get it done. That's what I want. And he and he claims to be healthy with the surgically repaired knee, which is important because uh, it's been a depilating last three years for him, but. Now now you need to put the proof into the pudding.
2: Ben, absolutely unreal preview of this Blue Jays season and this Blue Jays team. We're looking forward to opening day and wishing you the best for, for a uh, successful season, Ben. Appreciate the time this afternoon here in the Sports Bar.
4: Well, it is my pleasure. It's great to talk with you guys, as always. And uh, anybody heading up from Western New York, get ready, because... The brand of baseball here, especially with the opponents that come into Rogers Center, and they're all coming, right? We know this with the balanced schedule now, plus the beasts of the East. Uh, it will be an exciting time to be around Rogers Center and be in Toronto and in the Blue Jays.
3: Yeah, as uh, we've been overdue for a trip up north. Uh, ben, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, and let's do this again at some point.
4: My pleasure, guys. Anytime. You Thank you. It.
2: Ben Wagner is the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Sportsnet Canada, and also the Fan 590 in Toronto. Man, that is some in-depth. Uh, looking deep into what this Blue Jays team could be this year. I mean, the the ceiling is the World Series
3: champion. There's It's not hyperbole to say that they they could be there. They should. That was as, about as deep as you could possibly get on that team. And it uh, gets me primed up. But it, it's funny to hear him kind of from his perspective, like, okay, the Yankees rotation, meh, and he's right about that. Rodon is not ready to go. Severino is injured again. <laughs> what is the Red Sox identity? I yeah. think Red Sox fans would be like, we well, don't have one. Yeah, yeah. it's the Rays. The Rays, for some reason, are
2: always pesky. They're Weird. just there. Yeah. yeah, Nobody ever counts them in. We're very quick to count them out, and yet they're always there. Um, all right, that was great. And um, we'll move on next to talk uh, some more NFL here in the sports bar. The Bills making a move today.
3: A couple of other notes to get to from around the oh, league. No, 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 no. Don't bury the lead. Yes, the Bills made a move. Mm-hmm. We have hot uniform talk in March. Ooh, which team is bringing back throwback? A, a team really
2: on on the cusp of hot uniform talk innovation here. They're they're about to break the seal, do something that really the NFL shouldn't say no to. But we'll we'll dive into it with some appetizers served up. Uh, the top news uh, stories from around the NFL next here in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan.
1: Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams
2: from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y.
0: Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.